Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NJ Multi-Species Podcast with Joe Santiago and Chris Pereira. I just have to start off by really thanking everyone for the, um, I don't even know what to call it, Chris, at the outpouring. I mean, the support was unbelievable. Yeah, just real great support, more, more than I was expecting just to get started, for sure. I was shot. I I went and bought a microphone. Here it is. It's like a ball. It takes up half the screen. I don't yeah. even like it, but I did yeah, buy a probably, microphone. Because um, I did not expect such a reaction to that to the episode like that. Yeah. So I mean, you probably should have bought one that looked less like a robot ball sack, but that's fine. Well, the producer just told me I look like Elmer Fudd three seconds before the show started. So I, know. I wish I'm uncomfortable yeah, I wish already. Recorded that. That's why, yeah, uh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. But yeah, really, just uh, Lake Pack on Guide Service, uh, so many people, man. Um, I, I can't even name them all. Uh, John Gabarini, Kevin Cool, uh, so many people that just share. The one thing we do have to do is people have to start to like our Facebook page. They're, they're viewing it. They're viewing the podcast, but they're not subscribing and they're not liking the youtube uh facebook page getting likes on the facebook page is extremely difficult to do so if you if people could hit the subscribe button and hit the like button on facebook that's what helps us the most right i mean if they like it if If you like it if you don't like it just change it and put something else on i don't even like this and i wouldn't watch it either i don't blame you but sincerely, thank you to everyone, uh, John, uh, John Dorn, so so many people. Just we kind of screw. Joe kinda, has Joe has all the mirrors in his house covered up, so he doesn't have to look at himself. Yeah, but we kind of threw this out there, and we didn't even we never expected that it would just have such an outpouring. So many emails, just overwhelming. So I went and bought a microphone. Chris has some new headphones, so. Every time you like something or, or we get more subscribers, we'll, we'll get a new piece of equipment, and eventually this will be better. Right, Chris? Oh, yeah, for sure. I already had these headphones. I just chose not to use them last time because I was just winging it. And uh, as you can see, I'm still just sitting in the corner of an empty room. So uh, maybe the more subscribers we get, I'll hang some stuff on my wall. Dwayne said it looks like you're sitting on a toilet in a bathroom. I refuse to comment on that. Okay. Well, what what are you going to start with this week's weekly New Jersey fishing news? Now, what do you know uh, as far as rumors in this Merrill Creek hour change that everyone seems to be talking about, but no one can prove? Uh, So, I mean, I don't want to push this out there any more than it is if it's not true it's out there enough already i i've heard yeah, it a I mean, couple of places I, but it seems to trying, be no one no one can confirm right. it for anybody right so supposedly there was uh supposed to be some kind of vote or meeting uh proposing that the regular sunrise to sunset hours of Merrill Creek Reservoir uh, Environment Conservation Area, whatever you want to call it, uh, to be changed from sunrise to sunset to a later opening time and a much earlier closing time around 4 o'clock permanently, which is ridiculous. Um, We've been trying to find out if this is true before it's too late. So basically, uh, we're trying to contact people, got guys in there, guys who hunt there, guys who know someone who knows someone, and w- we haven't been able to confirm or, <clears throat> or deny any of this completely, so we're going to keep an eye on it, but the way I look at it, it's better to be safe than sorry, right? In the worst case scenario, if people know about this and they contact uh Merrill Creek office over there, then at least they know people care enough that they're going to stand up if something like this was ever attempted, even if it's not currently. 
Well, the rumor is that the reason for this are is the residents around the area are complaining because people that are in line waiting for the gate to open are making way too much noise and they don't like it anymore. They're complaining. So fishermen remember when you're waiting on a residential street and there's houses there waiting for a lake to open, try to keep the noise down and don't be littering because that's how, that's how shit like this happens. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's just common sense. And it's usually one, it's one asshole that ruins it for everyone else. Right. I mean, that's just common sense, but let's think about it for a second. So they're claiming that they're going to close it at four o'clock because people are noisy in the morning. Does that make sense? (laughs) That right now, they're talking about open at seven. No. Well, yeah, the opening later, but but still even like, you know, uh, just ban people from waiting there. Like, tell me you can't come and wait on this street before a certain time. Ban the, the contests early start time. So you can't start a contest till whatever time it's it's just it doesn't make any sense. But just because it doesn't make any sense doesn't mean it's not true and they're not trying it. I mean. We got to just, we're keeping an eye on it. We, we've got, you know, all our feelers out there and stuff and trying to confirm or, or deny it. And, you know, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to, uh, you're you know, a rumor, you're a rumor monger now. Yeah. I, I don't want to, <laughs> I'm trying Meryl, to avoid being a rumor I saw it on a podcast, Merrill Creek's closing. Chris Pereira told me. I, like I said, worst case scenario you know if it's not going to happen and people think it might happen then at least they know (laughs) that people are willing to stand up for the bullshit like this you are right again did you read the email did 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 you read the email that we got from the guy from south jersey uh we that we there we got an email from a a a list a guy from south jersey he thought that in the first episode I, that we disrespected Bass and we disrespected South Jersey somehow. And I just wanted to apologize to him because if anybody got that impression, I wasn't trying to do that at all. Neither well, was I mean, you, you did say that you hated largemouth bass and you don't want to fish for them ever. I didn't say I hated them. I just said I didn't uh, want to fish for them really too much. And I didn't, I don't even You, you threw me into that. You said we don't like to fish for, I, I like to fish for a largemouth bass. I don't ever go out of my house to specifically target largemouth bass. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I will. Maybe not as much as other species probably. I mean, I will I mean, too. We haven't, I mean, that would have to be, there's nothing else on planet Earth to go for. All right, so you're doing it again. You, you're just, you're just digging and digging your hole. <laughs> You just apologized to those largemouth bass fishermen, and then just start digging a hole again. All right, I and tried now you're hiding behind tried, your robot I tried, microphone. I tried to pretend to like bass, and I can't do it. I just can't do it. They're, they're I can't. They make me sick, <laughs> Chris. Chris, oh my be the bass God. guy. Great. Listen, in all seriousness, we have a lot of species up here. It's one of the things I love about. Uh, this state but it's it's pretty much you know going south you get to the point where they you know can't successfully stock a lot of these uh cold water species and whatnot and uh the northern half of the state has just a great variety of fish down south um you know they have largemouth bass pickerel they have panfish and then you know they have the invasive snakehead uh and the native bowfin Joe, um, and uh, you know that's that's pretty much it. I think freshwater wise, they have some really good pickerel fishing. I, the pickerel fishing's phenomenal down there. The, their pickerel fishing and their largemouth bass fishing is definitely better than we have up here for sure. And their their largemouth bass are longer. They grow longer. We get the short fat oh, ones. They get the long ones. It, it's almost might as well be. A different species of bass 
I mean, I bet you if you if you did like a genetic test on the a bass from South Jersey and a bass from North Jersey, there there'd be some major differences. I don't even think they're really the same the same fish even they they act differently they have you know we'll, we'll have to have someone from south jersey that that's fishes for largemouth bass and pickle we'll, we'll have them on because i i don't go down there that often and if i do it's to target snakeheads usually or, or bowfin which i've been unsuccessful at i was just kidding but i i just wanted to bust the guy's shops a little bit take a take a poke at him but yeah everything uh i'm not bashing anyone for anything that they do if you like fishing you like fishing no you can't when it comes to fishing that's the greatest part about it you can literally take or leave any little aspect of it and turn it into whatever you really want it to be there's an infinite amount of of ways you can modify it things you can do not do like you, you can you can modify fishing to be exactly what you want it to be. If if you want just a relaxing, chill out hobby, and you go buy some worms and a bobber and you throw some worms on a hook and you toss it out into a pond and you sit there in a chair and you catch some fish like that every once in a while and, and that's what brings you joy, then that's that's what fishing is to you. That's it. If if it's walking for a million miles in the woods, like, you know, Justin Lerner, and I'm trying to keep up and I'm begging him to stop. I'm, I'm begging him to just fish one hole. Like, let's fish this hole. I'm tired of walking. But he's got to find that giant trout, right? He's got to find that giant trout. He'll talk, he'll talk, we're going to have him on later, and he's going to tell you guys about it. And it, it's crazy. I fished with him, and uh, it's just – he, he just takes it to another level. It's crazy. Yeah, it's going to be really uh, interesting to talk to him. I am excited to ask him some questions. Actually, could we bring him on right now? Like, let's just bring on Lerner. Get him in here. Let's do it. All right, so our guest this week is my buddy, uh, former New Jersey trout maniac that defected to Florida. <laughs> Justin Lerner. What's up, What's up, bud? How's it going, everybody? All right, all right. How's, Great, the, yeah. uh, how's the weather down there? Uh, Actually, it got a little bit cool. It's, uh, it's like, been 70 during the day and down to, like, 50 at night. But uh, Oh, yeah, wow. I didn't get the ice fish in New Jersey this year, so. Yeah. I'm not allowed to talk about it. All right, we're just going to move on. <laughs> so, dude. Before, you know, you've been living in Florida for a while now. Before you did, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but trout was your favorite species to target in New Jersey, as far as I could tell. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, in any of the Northeast states, pretty much my favorite uh, freshwater fish. Um, you know, I, I loved exploring rivers and, and going back to places where nobody else had been. And just catching uh, catching big trout on light line in, in fat water, it just, to me, was, was the best. Yeah, man. How far, I mean, how, uh, how far would you used to walk, Justin, when you were looking for a new trout spot? Miles, whatever it took. You would just keep going. Yeah, some days, you know, and it gets like that because every time there were many trips when I'd be walking and I'd say, okay, well, this next bend of the river is it for me. And then you get to that bend and then you look and you see the next bend in the river and that looks pretty good. And you're like, okay, well, that one's the next one. And sure enough, you know, you're, you're miles and miles from where you, uh, where you had uh, thought that you were going to end the trip. But uh, that was one of the things I love to do is just, you know, you got, um, got your waders, got an ultralight rod, a box of lures and just walk explore yeah i mean honestly i mean i know a lot of trout fishermen i'm a trout fisherman um i know a lot of people that catch nice fish but i mean if everyone just cuts around the bullshit i don't know anyone that consistently put up fish the way you did especially <laughs> species that aren't even being stocked by the state and you caught a brown trout over 31, it was 31 inches? Uh, 30. 
30 inches. That That's just unbelievable. And in the same day, you also caught what? A, another. A 24 and a 30. See, to, con- to, cons- to be consistently able to put up fish like that, and it wasn't like you threw one picture up of a, a trout and said, oh, I got a nice one. This was all the time. Quick, quick trip after work. People are seeing all this shit all the time. They're getting mad. You have a lot of fans and you have a lot of haters. A lot of people think you're trespassing. A lot of people think you are in a club. A lot of people don't know what's going on or how you're able to pull this off. If you could, I I know that it's, I know the truth. Chris knows the truth. How can you explain yourself to them? How how you could, how do you do this without cheating? Well, fish swim, Justin? Do fish swim? Can they go wherever they want? They do. Uh, Joe, first of all, thank you for the kind words. Um, It's like anything else. Uh, You know, a lot of guys go to the same spot, easy places to access year after year, uh, doing the same thing and expecting different results. Um, You know, there's a lot of great water out there and, and really there is no substitute for time. Um, You know, I, I, Put a lot of time into my trout fishing and did a lot of exploring uh and that really makes the difference the, the time the each, each river can be there are there's similarities between rivers but there's also differences and spent the more time you spend on a particular river you learn the conditions that these big fish feed heavily a lot of times the big fish aren't feeding heavily but certain certain conditions will prime them for that and a lot of times when i saw that those conditions were coming up, uh, or I knew with based on a forecast that the certain river was going to be prime. I went and hit it. But there, there's really no substitute for for uh, actual time on the water and and just being willing to explore. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, you know, big trout don't exist in Jersey, and that's their, you know, that's their thought process. They go to the same stocked spots over and over again, and you know, fish them for a few weeks out of the year and. Uh, you know, don't don't see results, but that's not, you know, it really takes um, putting a lot of time in there and, and going off the beaten path because, you know, a lot of times you're not going to see fish like that in those easy access spots. Yeah, I mean, I, I can vouch for a lot of this. I mean, I, I fished with Justin a lot when he was here. We did a lot of exploring together. And uh, there's a lot of times where he just wanted to keep going. And I just remember sitting like, oh, this spot looks pretty good. Can we, I'm, I think I'm going to fish here for a little bit. Uh, I don't, I don't want to walk anymore right now. And he would just keep going. He would, and he would just find spots by just exploring more. And I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I'm fishing right there with him and uh, he just seemed to take it to, to the next level. He just, he's always there, always there. What I kind mean, of line, Justin, do you throw for trout? Uh, I, I used to use four. Uh, I upped it to six, um, depending on mono. Uh, I throw fluoro. So I, I love, uh, Berkeley vanish. That's pretty much all I use. Really? Uh, You know, it's, it's the only reel that I have that's exclusively spooled with mono because in the winter when it gets cold, obviously braid can be a pain. Um, you know, you can get a lot of freezing with braid and, um, you know, I'm constantly cutting and retying lures. So, uh, you know, having having to tie a leader on there and then cut it back and then retie a leader. I just went with, uh, you know, just straight straight Berkeley Vanish. That's my favorite. And, um, you know, I, I, I tried other lines and found that they weren't as abrasion resistant. And, uh, you know, I, I always came back to, to the Vanish. Yeah, it's a it's a good line for sure, for sure. Um, when you you mentioned before the the conditions that you were looking for, um, you know you don't have to get any more specific than you want to, but um, we did have an email with some questions, and one sure. of the questions that uh, someone wanted to know is uh, what what conditions do you look for specifically? Is there any kind of condition where like if you see this condition, you know you're gonna wait a day? Or you're going to try to get there the day before you think this condition is going to happen, whether it be high water, low water, some kind of pressure change or whatnot. 
Yeah, so I mean, more or less uh, higher higher than normal flows. Uh, and by spending time on rivers, um, you know, it really depends on the river, uh, how high you can fish it, obviously, uh, what would be considered high, um, because rivers are all different sizes and different flows. So, I mean, I usually, I, I keep an app on my phone uh, that has conditions at various rivers. And after you get a rain or a snow melt, uh, you can watch and, and see, you know, they, they update it uh, hourly a lot of times and you can see how, how the river's behaving, um, if it's rising, falling, uh, and, and based on that, um, you know, you make the decision on which river you fish. Because the more and more you spend, more and more time you spend out there, um, you know, the more and more you figure out what flows work for what river. Uh, and I mean, in general, um, higher water means more aggressive trout. Uh, low clear water um, can be good for, you know, certain types of fly fishing, but uh, those fish... You don't like fly fishing, Justin, at all? It's uh, You walked right into that one. All right. Uh, I'll, I mean, I, I fly fished a bit. I've caught a lot of different species in fresh and salt water on the fly rod. I don't like the feel of it. It feels to me like I'm fighting the fish with a giant rubber band. I like the direct connection. I got, you know, my ultralight's a little five, five foot two, five and a half foot rod ultralight. I love that, that trout slamming that lure and just peeling the drag down the river. And a lot of times, I mean, you know, fly fishing is obviously an art and it's, it's a method you pick because you, you want to use that method it's not necessarily always the most productive even with trout when you got to when you think about it if you're going in a small river and and trout for the most part you know can be very wary and you want to be very stealthy with your approach if you're fishing a tiny stream uh you know that might not be any more than 10 feet wide i mean you're you're going to be able to present that bait way easier and way better with an ultralight than you would be with a fly rod. You don't have any of that line management. You don't have, you know, your floating line, which I have no doubt in certain conditions, the floating line must cast a shadow and spook fish. Um, but it's, you know, when you're fishing super overgrown areas and spots that um, are difficult to get to where the water might be small, uh, you know, an ultralight, in my opinion, is going to be the most effective way to present that. That, uh, that so, you're just, so you're just a hater. You're a straight up hater. I don't know. No, no. <laughs> you know, what? I, I think he just doesn't think it's a good idea to do like an old school ribbon dance over the trout before you're trying to catch them. Yeah, I mean, if you're going up to the Salmon River, if you're going up to the bigger tributaries with, you know, plenty of back, plenty of space for back cast, it's a lot easier. And don't get me wrong, I mean, there are fly guys that go and fish these tiny, tight creeks, and, uh, you know, they do well, but it, it's far more difficult, and you can get a much more stealthy approach with just the ultralight. Oh, it's definitely more, it's more difficult. It's like handicapping yourself, almost. Yeah, but that's why I say, I mean, it's like, it's an, it's an art. I mean, yeah. people that are into fly fishing love fly fishing. I tried it. It just, you know, it wasn't uh, a method that I really enjoyed. So, you know, I mean, to each their own. Plenty of guys, you know, will, will say, you know, okay, well, spin fishing with artificial lures for trout is cheating or whatever. But it, it's what I enjoy. No, it's not cheating. It's I mean, just a different style. Yeah, I mean... I'm out there to catch fish, right? I mean, like, to each their own. I'll never hate on someone for fly fishing, but I will hate on someone for hating on spin fishing because they're a fly fisherman. Like, it's it's crazy. It's like, if, you're, if your goal is to just make this as hard as possible, why stop at just fly? Like, if that's why you're doing it, why stop there? Wear a blindfold and tie one of your hands behind your back while you're fishing too. That'd make it even harder. I, I don't get to, to a person like me, it's worth it to get the fish on the fly rod, but it's just it's so frustrating. Because you want to do it. You're not doing it just because it makes you feel like a better fisherman. No, I just like fly fishing. I like tying flies and I like fly fishing. I don't know, but I have. Oh, that's great. I, I mean, I bigger, dabble in it too. All the bigger it's... trout I've caught in my life have been on the spinning rod. Like I've never caught big ones really on the fly rod. I, I will say, I will say this. I mean, I uh, probably agree with me. 
you know, some places outside of New Jersey, like in these, some of these spots in Pennsylvania and definitely upstate New York, you, you can actually get an advantage fly fishing in certain situations. But in New Jersey, I, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't feel like it that's takes true. over mid, mid May and June fly rod takes over when the hatches break out. Okay. I mean, so, mid. it also depends on your goal. So my goal, my goals became targeting the biggest fish. And, you know, a lot of guys want to go out there and catch a lot of fish. And during those hatches, you know, obviously matching the hatch, you're going to catch good numbers. For me, I would rather go out, fish all day to catch one giant trout than catch 20 smaller trout. Um, and especially with browns, um, you know, they're super aggressive predators and, and they'll always eat larger imitations too. Um, even, even during, I mean, I fished areas during hatches where, um, you know, the fish were going nuts on the surface and I was, I could always catch a few nice sized browns, uh, throwing lures on spin because they're just that aggressive. Um, you're not going to catch the numbers, but, uh, it just depends what your goals are. And at, at, for, for me, it became, it became a trophy hunt. I wanted to fish all day for that for that trout over 20 inches and spe more specifically the brown. I mean, I love catching rainbows. I love catching any species of trout, but the browns were, were it for me. So, um, I would fish, you know, I'd, I'd rather fish all day for one giant than, you know, catch numbers. And again, comes back to whatever your personal goals are, whatever makes you happy. You know, some guys are happy just stopping at a pool on the road and, you know, catching a bunch of 12, 10, 12 inch browns. And that's great. If that's what you like. Awesome. And do you like to toss like a lot of the commercialized stuff like trout magnets and Rapalas and or do yeah. you have some secret shoebox of something that nobody knows about? No, no, it's it's they're all you know, I mean, it's what you're using is readily available to everyone. Absolutely. Okay. absolutely. And it's no well, secret. He's he's not he's not tying a little tail of his cat's hair on the end of a. We have you know. we have emails from people that have questions for him. Sure. Hey, well, real quick, Joe, before he gets a uh, Justin, just real quick question from me. Uh, if me and Joe went trout fishing at a river that we were both unfamiliar with, him fly fishing and me spin fishing just a couple of days ago, uh, who do you think would come out on top? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing with the question, it was you, Chris. Not by much. <laughs> no, it wasn't Not by, by much. much. The, fishing, the fishing was pretty bad, but Joe has all, all the video, and he, he refuses to release it. <laughs> refuses. There is no That's video. Right. I have video of one wild rainbow it. being caught and one, one being lost. There's nothing to, to, to release. I lost fish. two more. I had two more fish. Not when you were near me. Oh, okay. I was fishing the holes that you already fished. You I missed didn't those see fish. Them. Nah, yeah, pictures. Sure show some pictures. Put them on on uh, the fucking website. <laughs> Get to the emails. Go. <laughs> this what is from J Jason Uhas. Okay. Um, he says, "How do you feel about the NJ trout stocking program, and how could it be improved in a perfect case scenario?" Wow. Well, I mean, obviously, people do want to see uh, brown trout added back into the roster. Um, brook trout probably will never be because, uh, you know, the state wants to preserve the wild brook trout fishery. And when you when you stock over that, uh, you can you can ruin the genetics. Um, I would like to see, I mean, perfect world, I would like to see as long as we're just stocking rainbow trout, that it's catch and release for other species, except for rainbow trout, um, with the exception of lake trout as well, um, you know, in the lakes and all that. But in areas where there's good populations of wild brown trout, I mean, I'd like to see those fish released. That's me personally. I mean, obviously they do have limited harvest and things like that um, to account for, for those things. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see them stock brown trout in certain areas, but not in others. I, I think it's, it has to be a river by river approach so that you preserve the wild genetics. I mean, there's some rivers that aren't going to produce really any wild trout, or if they do, it's very, very minimal. And those, you know, go crazy. But uh, 
it, it, there's a lot to be said for preserving um, the genetics of certain wild trout streams and not stocking, not putting stocked browns over wild trout populations. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and they could throw a couple we've, we've, landlocked salmon in the river too. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah, right? Keep dreaming. Keep Why dreaming. not? Why throw some landlocks in the river? Come on. <laughs> uh, he also asked. This is from Jason Uhas also. What do you feel most average trout anglers could do to increase either their catch or their skill level? Uh, well, think outside of the box and don't, don't constantly do the same thing over and over again. Uh, experiment with different lures and different conditions. Um, spend time on the water. See what see what fish react to in different conditions. Because fish are creatures of habit. They're not. I don't think any species of fish is really intensely intelligent. They react to the same conditions time and time again. So once you figure out what works in whatever particular condition you're fishing in, because remember, I mean, there's the ideal conditions that I'd like to see a river in. But guess what? You know, I mean. When you work five days a week and you have the weekend or the afternoons for your quick trips after work when there's enough sunlight or before work, um, you got to fish the conditions that that are there. And rather than seeing, you know, conditions that you don't like and saying, ah, I'm going to hang it up, I'm not going to try today, go out there, experiment, explore, see what works, because when you, it, it's really about how do how you catch on the tougher days. The days where they're where they're crushing everything and they're jumping in the net, those aren't the days you'll learn anything. The days you learn are when it's very difficult and you figure out exactly what to present at that point. I mean, I'd fish, I'd fish in the middle of winter when I had to break break ice from the creeks. That's certainly not, you know, what I would consider optimal conditions. Uh, you know, super low water. I don't like those conditions, but you still, if you have the time to fish, go out there and give it a shot. Um, you know, first of all, as any any anything with fishing goes, at any point you could catch a monster fish, even when none of the uh, no, even when the equation per se doesn't add up. You know, you never know. But the tough days are when you really really learn, um, you know, what to do. And and once you do learn how to catch fish on the tough days, and you know the easy days are the easy days, then guess what? It really doesn't matter what the conditions are going to be. You look at your your list of rivers that you fish, you pick the one that you think has the best conditions for the day, and you give it a shot. Yeah, that's that's well said. I mean, basically, it, you got to suffer for the fish. Joe said it last time, too. Ryan Cronk says to please ask Justin if he has time on the podcast to please talk about some pike fishing strategies because justin's pike fishing pictures are also fairly impressive well thank you man i appreciate that um pike i i did a lot of my pike fishing actually a lot is is an understatement i did pretty much all my pike fishing on the passaic river and it becomes the same thing uh it's about putting in the footwork and learning river fishing is all about the conditions uh you know and and for certain fish um certain conditions are great but they might not be good for another species and uh you know a, a lot of the same thing i found with pike it was about putting in the footwork i mean there wasn't going to be there isn't going to be a giant pike or or a nice fish every you know every 20 feet um you know you you, you explore the river and you'll begin to figure out what areas they tend to gravitate to where they tend to hang out and what conditions really produce well for those fish um you know i i love to use you know uh for the pike i mean one of my go-to lures is uh is a rapala husky jerk um spinner baits also work great uh and it's about for them it's about covering water it's about just working your way down and making as many casts as possible and hoping to get that in front of uh, a big fish because the passaic itself has so much structure in it excuse me that it it, it can be less predictable of where you find really big fish time and time again than trout fishing. Right. So a lot of, a lot of times you're talking about the river conditions and like an extreme in one way or the other is probably usually not going to be good. Like you said, but 
you just never know. You just never know. That's all you can just everything you can everything you say about fishing, you can just end it with. You just never know. Yeah, you and know? and again, you know, uh, one little tidbit. I don't like to fish the Passaic when it's flooded. When it's super high and flooded, I haven't done. I, in general, you don't do that great. However, you will find spots that produce in those conditions, and those spots will produce time and time again in those conditions. So it's about, um, you know, about filling up your, your logbook with spots that work in various conditions and then knowing that whatever, um, you know, whatever the weather gods throw at you for that particular weekend, you're going to have, uh, you know, uh, something up your sleeve. All right, man. Uh, awesome. Great. Awesome interview. When are you coming up here to fish with us next? I'm going to try to shoot up there early May, uh, you know, take a couple of days off and do a complete uh, trout weekend. So I will definitely be posted. That'd be awesome. I'll, I plan on having his car GPS at that point, <laughs> and we're going to kidnap one of his cats, and we're going to blackmail some information <laughs> out of him, hopefully by, by that time. Just um, want to plug anything before you go, your, your music, anything? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, on, uh, on Instagram, uh, it's Justin underscore learner underscore fishing, uh, same handle on TikTok. Uh, I've started, uh, actually creating videos and, uh, building content. Uh, I filmed tons of stuff over the years, never did anything with it. I'm soon going to be building out a YouTube page. Um, you can check me out, you know, friend me, Justin learner on Facebook. Uh, yeah. And, and, uh, feel free to reach out with any questions. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it so much, Justin. Thanks, guys. It was a great time. Thanks so much. Thanks for coming on, bud. I'll uh, I'll be down in Florida in a couple of weeks to see and fish with you. Yep. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. We'll be we'll be putting you on some snook, tarpon, peacocks, exotics, all kinds of stuff. Can't wait, man. Awesome. See you, man. All right. Take care, buddy. Right. Take care, guys. So that'll be awesome if if he comes home in May in the dead of trout season and maybe I could find I've been fishing probably at least ten times in a boat within a ten foot proximity of Justin Lerner. Like we're fishing right next to each other, but I've never actually fished with him. Oh really? I've never actually fished with him. We've been like in groups together on separate boats, but yeah. never meet just me and him. No, never. I didn't, I didn't realize that. No, yeah, me, me and him uh, met quite a few years back uh, on NJ Fishing Forum, and, and uh, I think he wanted to, I believe he wanted to musky fish. I was I was doing pretty well with musky at the time, and I believe he had never caught one, or maybe, I couldn't believe he didn't catch one at that point, or he hadn't caught a big one. Either way, you know, he we got to talking, and I, I said, you want to go musky? I mean, let's go. You can go. I don't, you know. Any any normal person that talks to me and doesn't seem like a psychopath, uh, you come fishing. I don't care. And you were you and, and you said something. A lot of people bust his chops about the way he holds fish. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's like it's like a pet peeve of mine. I mean, so you've seen it before. I've seen it from other people other than him. But you know, he he catches a nice fish. He's by himself. He sets up his selfie. He takes a nice picture of the fish. He's he's holding the fish, out, right? He ha he has and perfect. He's perfected it. He is he is good at that. No denying it. He's good at that. I could see if someone is you know I've seen a lot of people do it. Hold the fish out. It's like oh look at the fish. And, and then they claim, oh, I caught a state record, but I, you know, I didn't measure it and not, or take any pictures of it other than this one where like their fingers are the size of the fish in front of it like this. And oh, okay. I could that, that's, that's annoying, but he's, he's not making any, this guy measures his fish. He what was, how big was his, uh, the brown 30. trout? He won Sk skillful angler award with last year. 30, 30 inches. That fish was measured with a photograph. It's it, it was that big. He measures so all his he, fish. He measures all his fish mostly. If he doesn't look, I fish with him a long time. If if he doesn't measure his fish, he's gonna say, ah, oh, you know, I didn't measure it. Uh, and he'll give you a guess if you want to know. That was probably about this. That 
It might be an inch or two off in one direction or the other, but he's just estimating you want it to not. All right. He's so anyway, getting back to so if someone's taking a picture of a fish, I don't want to see the guy's ugly ass face. I'm, I want to see the fish. So if you're holding the fish out towards the camera so you get a nice picture of the fish and I can see the beautiful fish, who gives a shit? I agree. What does it matter? You're right. And guys just have this hard on for just giving people they a hard do. time about holding the fish. It's crazy. Get a life. Oh, God. Get a life. Well, why don't you tell everyone what we did the other day for the final day of trout season? Where the, the Are we allowed to talk about this? Why not? The, the rivers are now closed. There was, uh, what was it, Sunday? So, well, the, the, uh, Monday morning. Sunday was the last day down. you could fish. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday, well, let me be clear. Sunday is the last day you could fish in streams that are stocked. Yeah, TCA, you, could, you have to look in the book, but you could still fish in TC, certain TCAs, and there's plenty of places to still fish. But the main, very popular truck, uh, trout stocked waters, uh, they're closed now till opening day because the state's going to start stocking them. So me and Chris decided to go out for the last day, uh, and we wanted to have a little contest. So we actually went to a neutral river that we haven't either one of us have not fished in a long time. Um, and go ahead, we'll let Chris tell the story. He can, he can bask in his glory. I mean, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drive in the ground. It was one, it was one little time, but it's, it's. Let's just put it this way: it's, it's one to nothing. Spin fishing versus fly fishing. Spin fishing is up one nothing. So we went to the river. I used flies only. He brought his uh, spin rod. We were in an artificial only part of this river. And how many fish did you catch? Two. Well, I mean, I got I, one on video. Kills, yeah, so the conditions were not definitely not favorable. I mean, you're talking the water was low, it was clear. I mean, definitely definitely not optimal fishing conditions for trout for sure on this river. And uh but you know, we gave it a go anyway and we caught some fish. Uh I had, had uh I had three fish hooked up. Uh, the two, the two nicest ones, of course, came off, unfortunately. But uh, Joe, I think you had, you had one fish on, or we're not sure I if had it was one. A I had, I had one fish on, and that one fish was, he was on within twenty yards of the truck, and then for the entire rest of the walk, I caught nothing. Now I, I believe that that fish was actually a stick with a leaf attached to it i have it on but video. joe i have right, it you on keep video. saying that right you keep saying that but the video is where is it it's gone i will upload you want me to upload a video of me losing a fit a rainbow trout i saw it yeah. i'll upload it then i i'll upload it's, it you know what it, it's it's fine because even even with that one fish i mean it, fly fishing still fell to spin fishing this day i will admit defeat for this one day it was horrible but i will also say that he he, he took me to slow slack water which is where people fish streamers and i hate fishing with streamers i, I like to fish moving water with nymphs I, I, I didn't take you anywhere i i was following you the three fish i caught you no nah, no nah, you weren't following me i said let's go back oh, yeah. to the truck and you said let's not leave no nah, it was just a, it's a general parking lot and you walk in all directions no one's following eventually anything. we left eventually we left we went to faster water and how did that turn out it didn't turn out at all it was horrible it was just i you know I don't want to mention the the specific river, but that specific river there just seems to be something not right with it anymore. Because it used to be one of the best, and the last few times I've been there, it's been so disappointing. I don't know why, and it's just so far away. I'm getting tired of going there at all. I'm about to cross yeah, it off the list. 
ah, you know, maybe you're right. You know, maybe something did happen. I've seen a lot of play. I've seen a lot of places go under for one reason or another, you know, some kind of environmental reason or, or whatever. But, uh, well, this place apparently yeah. has an environmental problem that the state's aware of. That river, yeah. they already know. It has a massive bird of prey problem on it, and, and a lot of the trout are just getting eaten. It's not holding. I mean, I don't know what the solution to that is. other you than saw, You saw how low and clear it was. I mean, they could be picked off like nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't particularly see any birds around but if there were i mean it would have been easy pickings for sure yeah well we have any other news to talk about uh the lot i you know what we've got uh so lake of pack on guide service and aaron graybill uh we we came to an agreement where basically you know he liked he liked the podcast so much we're i mean we're definitely going to have him on in the later episode but he's basically going to give us a Lake Opac on Guide Service fishing report. We're going to try to get this weekly. We're going to try to get to you through the podcast on a weekly basis every episode. And, you know, this is New Jersey's biggest lake. It's one of the most popular lakes to fish. It's got a lot of the species that the state has to offer. You can fish for um, just about anything except for you know lake trout uh landlocked salmon and northern pike uh, i'm pretty sure those are the only ones that are void in there but uh even even the the trout are just uh the stock trout so you're basically getting the the state stocked rainbows but they did the i believe the knee deep club started a brown trout stocking program to see uh how how they could get how the brown trout hold over in there didn't a straight didn't a state record uh trout come from lake pack on the rainbow uh off the top of my head i'm not sure but i definitely believe it it, it would have been a stocked fish so it would have been it would have been stocked probably whatever I'm size pretty it sure was that the rain the, the st- i think the state record rainbow trout is from lake pack on i think or i'm gonna just be an idiot again like the bowfin thing but I'm going to throw that out there. Unfortunately for you, I'm not 100% sure the answer to that either. So I'm not going to embarrass you right here and now. All right. Well, it's floating out there. I'm sure Dwayne will be researching it immediately to look it up. If he's done gluing his waders back together. Oh, well, well, what's up I with mean... Dwayne? And he seems to just have completely vanished off the map. Every time I, I call him, he's miserable. He doesn't want to do anything. You. I think he's just avoiding you. He's complaining about the wind. Is that what he's, is he out fishing everywhere and he's just got me blocked or something? And I Maybe. Think, all right. That makes more sense than what's going on with him. I, I think he just doesn't want you to try to get him to repair your waders for free. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so we, we got this Lake Opacon Guide Service fishing report uh, from Aaron Graybill, and uh, it's going to be a real awesome t- I think that uh, we can share with you weekly. He's out there every day, you know, and he's going to have these these week by week up to date uh, fishing reports. And and even the cool part is right is even if you're not specifically going to fish Lake Opacon, you can kind of use what you get in this report as a template for other places around the state. So if you've got another big lake around the same temperature, you may be able to use parts of this report to start, you know, getting better catching fish in whatever particular lake you're going to fish, right? If you're in a smaller lake, you know, the water temperature's a little hot, uh, warmer than the water temperatures in Lake Opacon you're basically going to be a little bit ahead of some of the things you're going to hear in the report and vice versa. I agree. But to me, it's a good template. It's a good starting point uh, as a tool to use for fishing really in a lot of different lakes. So when do we get to hear it? Do we get to hear it or are we just going to talk about it the whole time? 
I, I was just waiting for you to say that right there, and now I'm going to do uh, it. All right, let's hear this fucking thing. So, so basically, uh, Aaron's reporting that the water on Lake Opakong has come up. The water level has come up, which is good. Okay, so they lower that every winter, I believe. Um, I believe every every five winters it gets lowered even more than usual for people to repair their docks and whatnot. This water level <laughs> is back up, okay, but it's not full yet, which basically means – uh, from a safety standpoint, if you're driving a boat around there and you're not that familiar with the lake, you need to be careful because there's going to be some shallow areas with rocks and whatnot. All right. Uh, you don't want to go bottom out your motor on any rocks or anything because just keep in mind, uh, buoys are not going to be in the right spot exactly. The water level is not where it's going to be. It's still it's still down old. Excuse me, still down a little bit. The other thing you have right. to remember too, though, is because I know it's horrible that we didn't have ice fishing season. It's just disgusting. But because we didn't have ice fishing season, we're now going to probably have an amazing pan fishing season because all those fish that are normally getting ripped up through the ice on all these lakes, they've pretty much been untouched all winter now. So. That is oh, one benefit I've seen to when you don't get an ice fishing season. The pan fish season usually is amazing. So I would imagine it is, oh, it is. it's, it, it it's going it to get pretty crazy by Gray Bill any day. Like it's going to get insane. He, he's already, he's already doing, I mean, it's happening right yeah. now. It's, it's, I saw it's a picture of started them all and it's holding happening. fish. I, I they we're all holding fish. Um, Scott Howard had an unbelievable muskie. Now, you see that muskie? Yeah, you're just going to go off topic now. I'm not done reading the report. I didn't know. I thought they were... Okay, continue. I just, I, I'm amazed by... I'm so amazed by Scott Howard's muskie. I'm still thinking about it, but go, go ahead. Let's just, just sit on your piano bench and rest behind your right. robot ball sack there and just okay. take, take, take a breath. Okay. All right. So we got so so the main he gave us the water temperatures on the main lake there sitting around 39 degrees and the shallower areas are up into the mid 40s. Right. And like I said, he, he's been he's been banging on these on these panfish already pretty good. If if you like that spring panfish bite. it It's happening. Right. And like I said, you know, just it's happening on Lake Opakong. That means it's happening at your favorite pond, your favorite small lake, you know, any of those spots that you like to go to after work. Or you don't need a boat. You just hit it from shore. Like, it's worth checking out. You're going to want to get out there, right? I looking, <laughs> they are. I was looking at the uh, Facebook memories from last year, and it looks like the first date that me and you, like, I see a, a boat full of crappies it was April 4th, so... I guess this year it's going off a little earlier. Oh yeah, I mean, for the reason that you just said, for sure. So basically, this it, it's ice it's ice out crappy season without the ice. Basically, I mean, the water temperatures came up quicker. I mean, it's never gonna be helpful. This like you get this like really cold night, really cold day, really cold rain, something. It's never going to help you really, but there, there's still there. It's it's not, you know, it's not that it's not worth going after them. They're there for sure. But if Aaron said he's already finding water in the mid 40s, that's pretty warm. I haven't seen anything in the yeah. mid 40s yet myself. I haven't been on a pack on though. But everywhere uh, well, I've seen, I've been around 41, 42. No, no, mid 40s. I mean, a lot of times if you get on that right side of the lake where the where the sun angle is is really pounding down and you've got a hard rocky bottom, a dark bottom, sand bottom, something like that, something that's absorbing the sun. And you'd be surprised to raise that water temp up a couple of degrees, even one or two degrees. That'll that'll make a huge difference. Yeah. And again, just while we're reading his report just total thank you to him i mean 
the support. Oh yeah, this is awesome. The support from him and all of the guys that work from him was just unbelievable, and we're very grateful for it. Yeah, this is awesome. I mean, they're out there every day. This is you know you can't beat uh, you know helpful information like this. You just can't. So anyway, so uh, getting away from the the panfish, uh, he's been doing starting to do all right with walleye too. And he's got, he's talking about, he's got two separate walleye bites. He's got a deep water, uh, walleye bite using vertical approaches. You know, that, that typical winter, late winter bite. I mean, there's still, he's still seeing walleye in, in that mode there. Season closed on walleye now, right? Uh, see, Walleye season. I know it. I know opening is, day is May first. I just don't know when it closes. It's it's. You caught me off guard because I haven't been fishing for yeah. walleye to keep. But it, you're not I'm supposed pretty... to be catching them while they're spawning. That's the whole point of the close season. So it's pretty. I think it's all of April, and maybe a little of March. It's probably closed right now. I might well, be wrong. Well, they don't want you keeping them during that time because then you're taking eggs out of the, you know. We, I don't even think they're really sure how successfully they are spawning in places like Lake Opakong. But they are they are doing it to some to some success. And uh they're hard to eat. they're hard to get them to hit though. And I mean, I've been out there with a spot. Well, here's here's the thing when you're talking about uh spawning fish and if, if they're aggressively hitting your lure, they're not actively spawning. They're, they're feeding to spawn. So as long, as long as you're, you know what you're doing when it comes to quickly releasing a fish, you're not, you're not going to do any damage in that aspect. Yeah, but I don't even think once they start spawning, they don't, I've been out there with a spotlight up in the shallows when I, when they're spawning, and you could look down and see, you know, they're everywhere, but they they won't bite. They're they're inactive. Yeah, yeah. That well, that's what I'm saying. When they get to that point, they're not. You're not going to catch them. Probably you you're going to have to snag them, which is just messed up. Well, that's illegal. Right. It's illegal and it's messed up. So. What else does he say there? Because I saw, I saw Kevin Cool had a huge uh, hybrid that he he looked like he was out in deep deeper water. So they're catching hybrids too. Yeah. So they're uh, yeah. He sent me that report too. So they're actually they're actually marking nice sized schools of hybrid striped bass in the deeper water, and he basically is talking about you know, if they mark one or two fish, they're they're not targeting those fish because there are just massive schools of hybrid stripers out there and that's what they're looking for and once they find them they're saying that that they're they're pretty aggressively uh feeding at times and that's it i mean we've got that's the end of the report pretty much but I mean, look, if you, if you like hybrid striped bass, to catch them this early in the season is pretty cool because they can be fairly difficult to catch at this point, in my in my opinion. But if, if you can mark these giant schools of fish, I mean, you've got a chance. If you've got the electronics on your boat, and hey, I mean, if you don't have a, if you don't have a boat and you want to fish, give them a call. I mean, like I said last time, you know, he's a friend of ours. Like we, we fish with him sometimes. When, when I fish with him, it's like I'm learning something new every time. Like if I didn't know him, even though I know how to fish and I know how to fish Lake Opaca, I would benefit from going out and paying and going out on on his boat and fishing with him. Absolutely. It's crazy. It's it'll blow your mind. Some stuff. You'll you'll learn something every time. He does do some weird stuff, and he hates chicken livers. 
<laughs> I love chicken livers. He hates chicken livers. Yeah, well, you, you like a lot of weird stuff. You love chicken livers, too. He refuses to use chicken livers. He always puts giant stripers on the boat anyway. He says he doesn't want to touch them. He hates to look at them, and he just doesn't use them. Yeah, well, put a glove on. He does it without. I mean, if you don't need to, then you don't. I mean, it's just it's just one of those cool bites. It is. It is really cool. Can we talk about Scott Howard's muskie now? Go ahead. You want to talk about muskie? I just want to say how unbelievable it was. I thought it was an amazing fish. I was very impressed with it. It was an awesome fish. Did he give you permission to talk about it? No, he didn't. Not one bit. So I don't know if he's going to sue us now or something. But if anyone wants to go on Facebook and check out Scott Howard on Instagram or Facebook, he he caught one hell of a muskie. Actually, if he gives permission or if he ever talks to me again... I may, I maybe I'll put a picture of it up. He might not. It was. I don't know. Who knows? It was an awesome fish. Yeah, it, it is. Awesome it, it is an unbelievable fish. And, and I saw. You know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that he was walleye fishing. He wasn't musky fishing. He was walleye fishing, and that actually it happens all the time. I although I have never ever caught a musky by accident. I feel like everyone else in the world has caught a muskie by accident. It's hilarious you say that because I never have either. And I've caught them on purpose. And people I've had on my boat with me that weren't muskie fishing, they were like, I'm just going to come with you and throw bass lures while you muskie fish. They catch a muskie. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I I believe it. More muskies get caught on accident than... uh, but I didn't know that, and I didn't release that information over the air. So, Scott, have your lawyer now could talk to Chris because he just he just broadcast that you caught it on accident. So he ruined it for me now. Well, who just cares? He's... No, no one cares. That, that fish was incredible, especially from that place. It's even more incredible. Yeah, and, and the, the lighter line, the lighter gear he was using, it's, it's yeah. awesome. It's awesome. Absolutely. I love seeing that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I like the picture, too. It's, an, it's just a nice picture. When I saw it online, um, I was just really impressed. I said, holy shit, man. I know that guy. He Scott, Scott he puts a lot of effort in. Uh, he fishes hard, you know? So every once in a while, he gets paid off. Oh, yeah, sure. But he deserves yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, and, uh, you know. I just like, I love seeing nice New Jersey fish. I don't care. Like it just, it gets me pumped up and like, and that's why I post my pictures of nice fish. Like I hope someone's going to look at it. I hope they're going to get pumped up and go do some fishing. Like that's it. That's, that's the way it works. That's, that's the good part of social media, right? You get to, you get to see these fish, you get to see what's out there, get amped up. Maybe I catch one like that next time i go out maybe you know or i i've never caught one like that i I gotta try something different i gotta try something new right like i said last time it's it's not to try to just be handed information be handed what to do next what to do how to do it where it doesn't matter you gotta just get out there and get amped up on people's fish. That's fine. Like these guys that just want to know, like, oh, oh, where was he? Where, where was that? Where is it? it doesn't matter. Who cares? It, like it's in New Jersey. There's nice fish. There's all kinds of nice fish in all these different lakes and stuff. Like just get out there and 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 go for it. You got to put the time in. Yeah. And learn as much as possible. But. One thing I want to say, uh, just before we go, if everybody could re- please remember to just hit the subscribe button on YouTube and hit that like button on Facebook. Those are the two things that help us the most. YouTube subscribe and Facebook like. Um, yeah, we're going to try to buy, uh, we're going to try to buy Joe a new hat. Yes. I'm going to get a new hat and we don't want to keep having everyone viewing the pictures on our own personal wall you know our pictures and stuff are going to be posted 
through the social media from the podcast. So if you don't like the Facebook page, you're not going to see the post. Yeah, and if I could just add one more thing, and, uh, and if, know, you don't, we, if you don't subscribe to the YouTube channel, we're going to go out of business. <laughs> oh, go ahead. So well, I was going to say, I just wanted to add, um, like we, we want this podcast to have almost a forum type feel to it. We want you guys to get involved. Uh, you know, we had a couple of people email questions in. Uh, we want you guys to be involved in some way. So e- email us at njmultispecies at gmail.com. We got, I got, you know, we got, we got one. We got an email from Thomas Wyatt, who was a guy, he's the guy that caught the, he has the leaderboard skillful angler perch. I get, he, he must listen to the podcast and he heard me mention him, yeah. his name. And I got an email from him. He was going to come on here today, tonight to talk for a few minutes, just about how he caught the perch and, uh, but mm. something happened to his boat and he got caught up. But he said, you know, if he's still on the leaderboard in the future, he he's going to pop on. Yeah, so, pop on. yeah. you know, we'll ha- we could have guys pop on, you know, if, if there's something you guys want us to talk about that we skipped over or glossed over a little bit. You want to hear more details about something, something we skipped completely. Uh, let us know. Like we're trying to make this an environment where everyone's kind of involved, even though at this point you can't call in live, uh, send us an email there or even send us a message uh, on the Instagram page or the Facebook page or whatever. Uh, reach out in some way if you want and get involved. It's it's more than welcomed. This pod, he, the podcast is totally open to everyone fishing in New Jersey. We're, we're open to anyone. If you have anything you want to email or talk about, uh, you want to even want to plug something, we don't care. This is an open forum type podcast. That's what we want it to become. And our YouTube, we want to actually grow our YouTube uh, channel. To, and, you know, we're I'm going to soon start loading the YouTube channel with other content, uh, review videos of certain products and gear. And then, of course, there's going to be the fishing uh, videos. Uh, there's already a fishing video on there of me reeling in a, a sh- nice striper while Chris's head is stuck to a fishing pole. That has 200-something views already. I think it's a phenomenal, film, uh, phenomenal filming job. Um, we have the one podcast video. And, uh, yeah, we have TikTok and Instagram and we have all kinds of new stuff. We're learning how to use it all. And, um, yeah, we got a little overwhelmed with week one, but we're staying on top of it and we're going to try to keep this rolling, but you guys got to hit the subscribe button or, or we're going to quit. No more. We you're, were at, you're at the point of you're begging now. Uh, yeah, you're right. I might stay around even without the subscribe button. So, but yeah, I'd hit the subscribe button. <laughs> Everybody, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Take care.